We don't talk to one another a lot. Oh, it's okay. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. It's Dean, your host here. I thought I'd give a little bit of an intro to the show and a little bit of an intro to myself uh, for those who may not know me uh, any further than a bloke that has a horrible mustache come September or the bloke that puts way too much sunscreen on during preseason. Uh, so I've been umpiring with the WFL since 2012. Uh, I've been on the field the entire time. I, I dabbled on the boundary as most people do to begin with uh, until I was good enough uh, for senior football on the field and I've stuck with uh, the field ever since. Uh, I've done a check scheduler. I'm very fortunate enough to be in the era of scheduler only, although I do remember Renee calling me back in the day uh, and having my pen and paper ready to write down my appointments. Uh, but I've done 77 Division One senior matches. Uh, very fortunate enough that one of them was the Division One senior grand final in 2018. Uh, from a coaching and a leadership perspective, uh, I did the Westbourne Academy for two years. Uh, Seamus and I, Tom and I, run that back in the day and, and that was really good development for myself. Uh, I've assisted Westie down in the McKillop one uh, occasionally and I've now been on the committee for the last two years. Uh, so a little bit about this initiative of starting a podcast or web series, whatever we want to call it, mainly comes from the fact that we had some really good ideas of how to make umpiring more engaging and, and more of a community for 2020 and uh, as everybody else's plans, they went straight down the drain. Um, so the idea was really to get me present um, on some Thursday night training sessions and being a little bit more entertaining um, to try and get people sticking back uh, at the club and hopefully putting a little bit of money behind the bar and really supporting the association that I've been a part of for so long and hopefully uh, so many of you will be for so long as well. So the podcast is a little bit of a ISO project for me. Um, I definitely enjoy engaging with people and it's something that I've, I've truly missed uh, being in isolation. I am a diehard basketballer, a diehard uh, umpire and so losing them for the last six months has, has definitely taken its toll. Uh, so this was one way I felt that I could really connect uh, with the people that I haven't spoken to for, for probably uh, six to eight months um, and really to get to know everybody beyond that kind of superficial chat we have on the training track where you talk about the games you had on the weekend and you might complain about a certain players or a couple of the decisions you weren't too sure about. Um, but I really love those, those conversations you uh, get with people when you kind of persist through that, that awkward five minutes at the start of a conversation and you can really get into uh, some good conversations with people. And, and that's definitely the aim of this show. So really looking forward to having uh, everybody listening. Um, really grateful for a couple of the guests that I've already teed up and will eventually have. Um, obviously noting that this is definitely a, a little side project and I'm not here with the best technology in the world. So thankful for Zoom, which is about the 2020 advocate. Uh, to be recording the shows and then um, really finding my way with the audio and getting them onto podcasts so people can potentially listen when running. Uh, but yeah, the goal is to definitely uh, invest in some better equipment. Um, this is something that I've put a little bit of money aside for to really improve and, and really have a great product for you guys. So we'll go ahead with the episode now. Um, thanks again. And uh, I really hope it's something that everybody enjoys and, and somebody persists with um, for years to come. So thank you very much. Welcome to One in the Chamberlain podcast, an opportunity to get to know your umpires a little better. See you on the track. Welcome to the One in the Chamberlain podcast. 
Ada, my very first guest, it is an absolute pleasure to have you. How are you going? A very, very proud moment, Dean. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Big things I hear are happening with this podcast and uh, you'll have three listeners in no time. Yep, yep. Very, very excited. I had a lot of people get back to me already. Um, the beauty of, of starting an unknown podcast with no listeners. Um, so I'll get into why I've got you as my very first guest. I'm, I'm very, very honoured to have you. Um, I think it's good to start with, with our relationship and, and how we know each other. Uh, so I, my first memory of you is down at Old Scoville Reserve. And this was in 2015, uh, which you generously reminded me. You were performing a fitness test on a Thursday night before the Division One Seniors Grand Final because you're a little bit iffy on that one. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I think I performed a fitness test every night of that week uh, on the Tuesday and Thursday at, at Scoville. And then unofficially on the Sunday morning, I did a run as well after the previous, after the prelim final. The Monday night, Wednesday night, and even on the Friday night, I was down at Glen Orden uh, doing runs, doing baseball runs. Uh, home plate to first base Beautiful. within a certain time. And if I didn't meet that time, then yep. I was out the next day. And ended luckily, up getting through the game okay, I hear. Luckily, got, it, got up enough for it, got through Good. the game. And uh, I, Scotty, I think I outran you that day. <laughs> Very good. Um, the other part I, I really strongly remember with you is obviously hosting uh, the Not an Umpire's Arsehole Awards. Um, so very, very fortunate enough to have run it with you last year, which is really good. Uh, but the year before, there were some controversial comments raised <laughs> by you that you potentially didn't even realise were controversial. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, you've been an excellent host for a number of years and, and you've been a really great presenter. And that's really why I wanted to get you on the podcast first and foremost. Um, so how about we get going and I'll, I'll start with your achievements because there's quite a, quite a list of them. So I've had to write them down. So you started umpiring in the 1990s and you started on the boundary. Uh, I won't exactly say which year in the 1990s, but I'll leave that up Thanks, to the, the viewers. Uh, so you umpired your first Division One senior game on the field at just the age of 16. Uh, you did a year in the VFL down at 2000, uh, back at 2002. Uh, you are a life member of the WFL as of 2003, and you were inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2014, and you're also a current vice president, and you've done 12 Division One senior grand finals. How does that sound? I'm glad you counted the whole... Glad you counted the whole of the last one, Dean. Thanks for that. Well, look, it's my job as host to uh, build you up. And then if you want to dive <laughs> any further, you're more than welcome to. But uh, I've, I've copped a lot of curry over the last 12 months about it being only 11 three quarters. Yep, but, yep. Uh, I'll, I'll take the 12, mate. Uh, mate, your name's on the, uh, the, the, what do you call it? The match report. So it's, it's 12 in my book. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I do say 12 Division One Senior Grand Finals, that includes four times back-to-back. Uh, what, what does that mean to you to hear that you've officiated the highest level 12 times in the WFL? Pretty proud to, to get to that level. Um, I, you know, I had my stint in at the VFL, didn't, and then there was various reasons why I came back to local level. Um, but really enjoy running at local level and the, and the social atmosphere around um, and how everybody gets behind each other. Yep. But really proud to, to be able to, keep going over a long period of time and, and be able to um, continuously get up in the in the top echelon um, yep. or around about that mark over a number of years. So, yeah. 
four times back to back. This is back when it was also two umpire systems. So how many two umpire system grand finals did you do and how many three umpire systems? If that's off the top of your head. Good question. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent, probably half, half. So I'd say the first six would have been two umpire and the, and the last six have been three. Yeah. Uh, so, something that, yeah, really shocks me coming in. I, I've only experienced uh, the three umpire system, only really doing division one senior football since about 2014. So to go back and, and think about you guys doing two umpire systems with the pace of the game and, and the strength of the game, I'm sure you would have had some pretty sore bodies uh, finishing up on a, a Saturday afternoon and earning many well-deserved beers on a, on a Saturday night. Yeah, just think about the guys that did it before before my time as well that were in the one umpire. Yeah. Um, probably, probably paying free kicks just to bring the play back towards them. Uh, many more controversial calls back then, I can assume. Um, so four times back-to-back, but never a three-peat. Uh, what, what do you put it down to that you couldn't get it done three years in a row? I'm not, not sure what it is, to be honest. But um, I, I've been saying for a long time, and, and maybe this is the reason why, but um, I've been saying for a, quite a few years that as soon as I do three in a row, then I'll retire. <laughs> so maybe it's maybe it's just in the back of my mind that yep. you know what I don't want to I don't want to chuck it in yet. So yep. every third year I'm I'm happy to pass it on to somebody else. Could have been a coach's call as well, mate. You're a fantastic guy to have on the track. So maybe they don't want to lose you. Maybe you shouldn't have said that one out loud. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Beautiful. Um, enough about grand finals, though. I think uh, a good point of this show would be to get back to where it started, back to your experience umpiring. Um, so do you mind running through a bit about how you got started and then just maybe your experience to date? Sure. Um, I, I guess the, the easiest way to start this off is I wasn't much of a footballer. Uh, <laughs> As most of us are not. Very, very, lucky, very lucky to get a kick in, the stamp, in a stampede. Yep. Um, but I will remind, and I, I trot this one out uh, yep. pretty regularly, but yeah. kick seven goals in one game. Uh, mind you, the opposition didn't score, and as a team, we kicked thirteen. So, yep, um, kicked, a, but, kicked yeah, thirteen was, as a team. And, and how old were you? Uh, it was. You know, I was hoping you wouldn't ask that one. Under twelve. <laughs> Under twelve. All right, beautiful. Still counts. <laughs> seven in a game still counts. So seven goals as full forward. Uh, the forward pocket next to me kicked the other six. So a uh, pretty dominant forward line. Very good. Um, okay. And a really MVP at the end of the game, I assume. <laughs> no, no, I don't think they had them back then. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know whether McDonald's existed when I was playing under 12 footy. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, look, to be honest, I wasn't much of a footballer. Um, the the one-year social game that we have now, um, I'm, I'm quite happy to be on the coaching sidelines rather than playing because I'm not much good. Um, my dad, uh, as most people know, has been umpiring for a long, long time, since he was about 17, I think. Yep. So it was kind of an easy way to get into umpiring and have some involvement in footy. Um, a way to keep fit or get fit for yep. a start. Um, and as a kid, also to, to earn a little bit of pocket money. I now realise it's taken me a number of years, but that pocket money is probably not really worth it. Um, yep. But it's more the friendships and the, the social side that, that I enjoy. So um, I, I've loved the time that I've had in the game so far. Yeah, so nearly... 30 years now, um, and your first Division One senior game at the age of 16, do you have many memories of that, what it was like being a young guy? And I assume that the football was a lot more physical back then and, and probably a lot more intimidating yeah. than we get now. There's probably a lot more respect uh, for the umpires and the officials nowadays. So can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, absolutely. 100% agree with you there. 
in, in some respects, stepping up into Division One or even just into senior football, yeah, it was it was kind of almost like a sink or swim type of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, the in, in Division One football, it's always been reasonably disciplined, but uh, certainly more disciplined these days. Yep. Uh, the lower levels of senior footy, the discipline really did drop off, and and it was all about whether you could control the games. Yep. Um, but my first ever game was a uh, Division One game was with our current coach Mark Westgarth. <laughs> I can't remember who they played, but it was at Sunshine. Yep. Uh, and I just recall at quarter time, it was a pretty warm day. At quarter time, I stood there sweating profusely, going, "What am I doing?" To step up from Division Two to Division One footy, just Massive in the difference. pace and yeah. what I was expected to do. Yeah. Uh, it, the the pace was a real pick up. So. Yeah. I, I recall that that moment. Perfect man to run with, though, having a uh, Westie. So I'm sure he gave Absolutely. you plenty of tips there and feedback, which is definitely major the umpire you are today. Yeah, it didn't give me too many negatives or things to work on. It was all about <laughs> positives and pats on the back. <laughs> good to know that he's been consistent for, for the last 20-odd 20, <laughs> 20 years. Um, so really good. Do you reckon uh, this one's a bit off the cuff? Um, what do you put down the difference in football today to what it would be? 15, 20 years ago, do you reckon you can comment on that at all or just not not sure? I, th I think a number of things. Um, <clears throat> football, even at local level, has become more professional. Yep. You know, more pay players are paid to play yeah. now yep. and paid some pretty decent wages to, to play. Um, Sometimes over, over the, the point where, <laughs> Yeah, well, let's, let's not chuck um, <laughs> assumptions out there. Um, but yeah, I, I think... It, certainly it's become more professional the way the clubs are run, not yep. just on game day, but the way they train. Uh, the grounds, change rooms, everything is improved over time. So we don't have these sloppy conditions as often any, anymore yep. uh, to play in. Um, players are a little bit more focused. Yep. And, and I think it, it seems to be that they turn over players a little bit more more regularly. Uh, and when I, what I mean by that... Yep. Yeah, uh, what I mean by that is you don't have as many 35, 36-year-olds getting around in the Division One club anymore. Yeah. Um, back when I first started, there was a lot of them. Yeah. And, and there was a lot of kids as well. Yeah. But there was that real big mix. Now, once you hit 30, most clubs are kind of trying to bring through the next and develop the next kids. Yeah, it probably speaks a bit to the lack of physicality and a bit more pace in the game that when you do kind yeah. of reach that more senior senior age that it's a lot harder to keep up um and but then you became a fan you become a fantastic presence in the resis i know a bunch of blokes that are, that are pushing 30s or even 40s i think one bloke down at albion bucky he's he's gold he played in the senior yeah. for years and now he's in the resis and he's he's just the general he loves it back there and you hear his voice all day so yeah it's really cool to see those guys keep um keep playing um, yeah. so and, and helping out their, their, their exactly. experience is immeasurable and yeah. in the way that they help out the kids in at that level fully yeah uh so a year in the vfl down at 2002 uh can you make a comment on that i think it's it's always really good to hear blokes that have, have gone up and, and really had a go at it yeah I, I think from from my experience there there was certainly a couple of things that i took out of it yep. um you need to have the motivation to be at that level um, and uh, you need to make the time to yeah. not just attend training and, and yeah. put in the effort there. Every training night is as hard as games. You're yeah. putting in 100%. Um, but you need to commit to doing stuff outside of that. And, yeah. and as a young kid, I just wasn't committed to running as much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, in fact, I didn't enjoy running. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> on, on game day, it's different because you're actually doing something while you're running and yeah. you're not thinking about what you're doing. Yeah. That probably the, explains your move from uh, boundary to field then, just in that one sentence. <laughs> on, 100%. I, I can't be bothered just following the white line and delivering yeah. the ball back to, to the guy in the middle. So yep. Back to the main men, as um, I say. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think with yeah the, the VFL, it really does take that motivation. If you don't have that motivation, that commitment, then yeah. you're not going to go anywhere, no matter how good or umpire you are. I mean, I, my year on the on the squad, I started off behind everybody in pre-season, somehow made the cut. Yep. I'm not sure how, to be honest. Yep. Um, middle of the year, I I was actually performing really well and started to get some really good games. But then because I hadn't put in a pre-season, I started to drop tail yeah. off towards the end. Yeah. And, and at the end of the year, fitness levels weren't where, you know, on, on the end of year review, my fitness levels weren't where they were required. Yep. Um, uh, the the uh, commitment to training wasn't where it was required, but my decision-making was in the top 2%. Yep. So for, for somebody like me who is not a fitness freak or hasn't yeah. been in the past, but could umpire the games, yeah. it just doesn't cut at that level. You yeah, need to definitely. be able to get to position to, yeah. be, to be able to make the right calls. Yeah. Well, yeah, as you said, we can all get to a, a certain level uh, where everybody's proficient in the job and it's those guys that do the, the extra cross training sessions, uh, the recovery sessions, yeah. all the little extra things that make a difference at the back end of the year, yeah. especially. So I, I look at somebody like Greg Dennison in this respect and, and we look at him now and very good that we got a shout works. out for Greg Dennison in our first episode. I'm, I'm very happy about that. We see him now and, and the amount of effort that he puts in and how hard he works. He's, I've said all along since he first started, he's the hardest worker I've ever seen. Yep. Um, if uh, if I would go back to when he first joined umpiring, he couldn't run. Yeah. He was he had this weird style. He was behind everybody else. He had to put in the hard yards to get to where he did, and yep. and he umpired you know multiple VFL senior games and coached at VFL level. Yeah. Which was purely because of the commitment and hard work that he put in. He's yeah. not a natural athlete. He yep. works at it. Yeah, oh, interesting to hear you say that. I definitely never would have uh, suspected that, that Deno wasn't a natural runner from the, the age of three years old. Um, but yeah, he, he's been the benchmark for years, like not to touch on Greg for too long, but um, I can personally say the effect that he had on me being, you know, the best guy of the league and pushing me to be better and, and to train harder. Um, at our list as uh, a whole is so much better for it for having guys like him and guys like yourself Great. exactly that um, it makes everyone commit that little bit extra um, and it turns it from a, a Saturday hobby to a, a really really good pastime that we all enjoy so um, so you've also been on the committee for a while so you're now the vice president how many years have you been on the committee for uh, I had a bit of a break in between but I've probably been on the committee for close to 20 years now I, I started quite young, um, just as a floor member, uh, had a go at social secretary, um, vice president. So I've, I've done a few different roles on the committee, yep. just trying to give back and, and help out. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's the key word. I think everybody uh, that ends up making it to the committee has a really good personal connection with the umpiring group and the community. And it, it's all about just giving it back. And if you can inspire one person from, from the next generation to do the same as you did, um, the, the club's all the better for yeah. it. So, yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. 
Um, so if I can take it back to being a 16 year old bloke and being in senior football, and you've mentioned that it's a real sink or swim league, something that comes sometimes comes along with that is, is sledges. <laughs> so I'm sure <laughs> that you've received quite a, quite a few in your time and I'm sure you've dished out quite a few as well. Is there any specific ones that come to mind that you, that you really were happy with yourself or that you, you really had a good laugh when someone gave it to you? I, I actually can't recall too many that stand out that have come in my direction. Yep. Um, it is hard. There, there's, been so, there's probably been so many of them that yeah. Yeah, they, <laughs> they all stand out. I, I know last year, Timmy Quick gave me a, a quick one where, and it was just something quite simple. Um, there wasn't, it wasn't overly funny, but it was... Yeah. You know, <laughs> Timmy Quick I, fashion. I, uh, Ada, I love you as an umpire, but that's the worst decision I've seen. Yeah. And, and uh, so, you know, a quick one like that, but yeah. I, I try not to give it out too much these days. I yep. used to in my younger days. Uh, I've learned very quickly you've got to pick your targets on who you actually sledge back because some players just blow up yep. and others will accept it, have a laugh and move on. So yeah. I, I did give one out to a Spotswood guy one day that his teammates and the opposition had a good laugh, but he wasn't yep. too happy about. Yeah. Can, um, can you name it now? I Yeah. I, I can't remember the player, but he'd yep. been giving it to me all day. Uh, paid a free kick against him for a ruck contest infringement right in front of the club rooms, in front of the sportsman supporters. Yeah. And he gave it to me again without thinking. I went back to him and I said, mate, I gave up playing footy because I was no good. We train Mondays and Wednesdays, start <laughs> at 5.45, come down. Uh, yeah, he, his teammates loved it. The opposition <laughs> loved it. He was not happy with it at all, though. Nothing better when you get it in front of the, uh, the the club rooms as well and everybody can hear. Um, always make sure the coach isn't around, though. That's that's one thing I've learned yeah. uh, in, in my senior footy. I think I was more likely to dish them out back in um, Division Two seniors and lower days. But when you get to Division One footy, it's uh, definitely best to avoid those comments, I think. But and, and certainly if you, want to go on to, if you want to go on to the next level, uh, yeah. definitely don't, don't dish it out. No. I remember Dimmer one day at Spotswood. Um, coaches were there to watch us in the first half. Coach took off and... Butch, I think we all know Butch at Spotswood, biggest biggest booming voice going around the ground. Yep. He yells out to Dimmer, coach has gone home now, you can relax. Dimmer actually gave him a wave, <laughs> not, realize, not realizing there was a VFL coach there watching oh, us. For, um, the <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so pretty close to sledges, worst decision you've ever paid. Um, I'm sure we've all got one of them as well. Can you touch on that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, at St Albans, it yep. was late in the game, and it wasn't a free kick. Um, yep. It was actually a non-call. Um, you preface with that. Ball was ball was kicked from about thirty meters out, and and at the time I didn't know this, but it was almost smothered. It was oh, it no. was that heavily touched. Yeah. Um, so from thirty meters out from goal, it's gone straight through the middle of the goals. Yeah. Um, kind of wobbled through. Yeah. Goal umpires got no idea. Yeah. Uh, I've given the all clear for a goal. Yeah. After the game, I'm told by the coaches, both coaches, the opposition yeah. coach, who had lo um, one who had lost by a couple of goals and one who had won the game, yeah. both of them said, can't believe you paid that. The ball was almost smothered and it was picked up by, by uh, the umpire's coach as well. Yeah, big cross, yeah. big and red it was, cross. It was, with five minutes to go in the game, it could have been a momentum turner. Yeah, no, nah, cheers. Appreciate you definitely sharing that. Um, so I want to touch a little bit on AFL now. Um, so a very controversial call in the last couple of years, and, and I'm sorry to bring it up on uh, a multimedia, the Collingwood West Coast Grand Final back in 2018, 
Uh, so I think we were up at Gold Coast. Uh, we were watching the, watching the game on the big screen. Um, no audio, unfortunately, but Liam Ryan with the ball coming inside 50. Has he blocked? Uh, was it, it was Maynard. I think it was Maynard from Collingwood. Maynard. So obviously, um, who kicked the goal from West Coast? Shows I'm not a, a Collingwood supporter. Uh, Dom Sheed. Dom Sheed. Dom Sheed. So Dom Sheed's taken the mark. Has Liam Ryan blocked for him? Firstly, thanks for bringing it up and then extending the story out to make sure that we stick on the, of course, the topic I needed for even longer. to really get the nail into the heart there. I didn't want to just tap it in. I wanted to really hammer it in. And pretending that you didn't even know who it was that kicked it. <laughs> um, yeah, unfortunately, no, it wasn't a block. There was no block there. There was no block down the other end. Yep. Um, we, we dropped the game and I think the turning point actually was in the last couple of minutes of the first quarter. West Coast kicked a goal that came off the shin they knew nothing about, and it was their first score, first goal anyway, uh, of the game. And then all of a sudden they kicked another one a minute later, yeah. had some momentum. Rather than being five goals down at quarter time, yeah. they're only three three goals down and yeah. still in the game. Yeah. Um, and so bringing out Colin West Coast, obviously next weekend is the or this weekend, depending when we post uh, the podcast, is the elimination final. So West Coast sitting fifth. You guys unfortunately dropped to eighth after the Bulldogs and St Kilda's both brought home wins. Um, how do you feel taking on West Coast again down, uh, especially after quarantine as well? So it's been quite a, a controversial uh, final series. How do you think the game's going to go? Based on the way we're, where we're at at the moment, I don't think Collingwood had too much of a chance. Mind you, I've got them in my multi just as a, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a bit of a, more of a heartfelt thing than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the middle of the ground is where, where we're losing at the moment. Grundy and, and the midfield is just not connecting. And yeah. unless we can start winning a few balls out of the middle, there's no way. The, the back line's played really well all year, but they yeah. can't hold up. Oh, West Coast pressure. Yeah, the back line has been phenomenal, which has been for years. Um, but yeah, obviously you guys have just been struggling to get scores on the board. And Geordie Dugowie can... The, the biggest bag of goals anyone kicks nowadays is, is four to six, and it's not going to win you a game, unfortunately. So, uh, look, fingers crossed for you, especially my houseman as well. He's a, he's a diehard Collingwood supporter and doesn't hate any team more than he hates West Coast. Um, so I think it would be disappointing to see another loss. And as a, as a Bulldog supporter, I can, I can talk about finals uh, matchups as well, coming up against St Kilda. Um, there was a couple of prelims back 2010, it might have been 2009, that, that St Kilda done us. Um, it might have been 2010 because then you guys went and beat him in the grand final. So there we go. I'll come full circle. I bagged you and I've come back and I'll finish with a Collingwood grand final. So <laughs> I think I've redeemed myself. <laughs> a non-Collingwood supporter actually talking us up a little bit and uh, giving us a little bit of credit. That's, that's interesting. Uh, unfortunately, I'm, I'm, not, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you need to calm down. As all good shows have, we also have a sponsor. So I've jumped on the back of the WFL umpire sponsor, Hotel 520, to present to you guys the Hotel 520 Multi. So the eventual pay of this multi uh, equals $5.25. So I thought I was pretty creative with putting that together. And uh, the eventual winnings is about $21. Uh, So let's run through the multi now. So being a diehard Doggies fan and with the Doggies facing St Kilda in the elimination final this week, I have the Doggies 
with the line, uh, which is 3.5. So I'm backing the doggies to, to get a big win, uh, four points and above. Doesn't matter about percentage anymore. The win is all I need. Uh, Mitchie Wallace has probably been our most dominant forward for the entire year. And I've got him to kick a goal in the first quarter. And then uh, Mr. Consistent, Mr. Reliable, Jackson McRae to get 20 plus disposals. Uh, he There was a stat a few weeks ago that he'd done it 98 out of the last 100 times. And the two times he hadn't completed it uh, were both due to injury. So backing that in for the $5.25 multi, which will pay about $21. And depending on my editing skills, I might be able to get a Hotel 520 uh, menu up and we can see what we might want to be purchasing from that. And today I'm going to go for the Chicken Palmer in the mains for $18. That has been your Hotel 520 multi. Remember the two V's, verbal and visual. Only call what Granny would see in the grandstands. I don't, I'm very appreciative of you uh, discussing your umpiring journey, and I think there's there's plenty there, and there's plenty more that we probably could go into in another lo uh, another time. Um, I hope it's enough that that's been introduced, so people have learned a little bit about your journey and can ask you more about it when hopefully we eventually get back on the track in um, 2021. But I want to. Take it a little bit different now. So key point of the show is, is talking about your umpire and talk about your umpire and journey. But I also want to get to know you personally. Um, so I think one way to do that is definitely to, to talk about your career um, and kind of what you do now and, and what you've done in the past. So I know you currently work in recruitment, is it? So can you touch on that a yep. little bit? Yeah, uh, I made a bit of a career change almost 12 months ago now. Um, I'd worked in within financial planning for 15 or so years yep. um, and it kind of came to a, a head where I was looking for something different and something that I'd really enjoy doing. Um, I'd been considering for quite a while recruitment and been in touch with a few people um, just to have a chat to them about what it's like and, and made the move into recruitment. Absolutely loving it so far. Um, I just love being able to help people out, help businesses find and fill gaps, yep. um, just talking to people. So yeah. that's essentially what I'm paid to do. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I've got to make placements to, yeah. to make money out of it. But um, you know, if you if you're good at talking to people and you're good at building relationships, that's what it's all about. Uh, so, being in recruitment, do we expect our umpiring numbers to be through the roof next year? Now that you've had a year experience, that's an interesting question. I hadn't <laughs> thought about it, and, and uh, like, I, I still recruit for the financial planning industry, and, yep. and financial planners are probably my really where the passion lies. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, if if I can help out in any way in, in bringing more people along, absolutely. And I think this podcast is going to do that thing. Fingers crossed, mate. That's definitely why I started it. Um, so communication in your job is super important. Do you think that's something that developed with the help of umpiring? So I know that um, I talk about umpiring a lot through job applications and, and through, I've only been in the professional career for, for two years now, um, but I was more likely to talk about the skills that I've developed through umpiring than I was to talk about my previous part-time or full-time or casual jobs. Um, so do you reckon your umpiring has definitely fed into like a, a fantastic 15-year career with financial planning and, yeah. and now into recruitment? I think that's why people kind of get to know us and, and you know, you've mentioned it previously that you want to get to know me, you know, outside of umpiring. Yep. Uh, people only ever see the umpiring and, and exactly. you learn so many things from umpiring that you take on to your work life, to your personal life 
that you tend to refer things back to umpiring anyway. Yeah. Um, and communication is one of those big key ones. Um, the, the amount of uh, way of you learn to deal with different personalities on the football field helps you out in your work life. Um, absolutely hundred percent. The, the, the ability to make quick decisions and yeah. snap decisions, whether you're right or wrong, yep. uh, helps you out in a leadership sense in, in your work life. Um, there's so many learnings that you can get from umpiring and, and that's why I, I, I do talk about it a lot. I talk yeah. about footy a lot. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, critical thinking, um, conflict resolution, communication are three uh, soft skills that are just so huge in the industry at the moment and everybody requires them and umpiring really does develop all three of them um, in, in a fun, engaging and cost-effective way, getting, getting a bit of pocket yep. money. So yeah, definitely huge for the career. Um, so outside of your uh, umpiring, you've obviously got a, a beautiful family. So you've got a wife and two kids. Do you want to maybe talk about them for a little bit? Yeah. Um, yeah, so two kids, 12 and 10 now, uh, Caleb and just, Jordan. Just about to get yeah. into the, uh, yeah. the troublesome teenage years, mate. So you're in for in it. The, the ages when homeschooling in this current pandemic <laughs> is uh, difficult. All they want to do is play games on their iPads and phones. So, yeah. um, Which makes it I difficult because that's all you want to do as well. <laughs> <laughs> Spot on. It's a little bit of jealousy there. Yep. Um, it, it is it is difficult to keep them focused during homeschooling, and yep. and there's days where even on weekends where they'll sit in their bedrooms all day, and you've got to encourage yeah. them to get outside and do yeah. some things. So we, we try to do some things as a family. Um, nice. Yeah, we've got we've got a dog as well. Unfortunately, lost one last week. Yep. Uh, who was almost fifteen. Yep. Uh, got a cat, a rabbit, six fish. <laughs> so we've. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they were Jordan's fish from Christmas yep. a couple of years ago, and I don't and think still going once. Okay, well you've uh, done well then. We we lost one and replaced it, so yep. yeah. Uh, but um, I, I think I I tend to feed the fish. I tend to the the kids now help out a little bit more in the yep. caring feeding of, yeah, of the pets. Get older a bit more, uh, and helping out. Yeah, exactly. And and they love the cat that's the most recent um, yep. induction to the house. So. Nice. Yeah. Animals are huge. Um, I, I've got a fish story myself. I had a neighbor, they moved to America for a year. And so the, um, older boy who was mates with me, younger sister mates with my sister, they had a fighting fish each. So we were tasked to look after him. My sister killed, uh, her friend's fish within the first month. And I reckon I lasted 11 and a half months and the fish died about two weeks before he returned from America. Oh, no. And I was absolutely spewing. So I reckon I would have been probably similar age, 12, 12, 10. Um, and I, I did so many hard yards for, for 12 months and yeah, died two weeks before he got home. He was absolutely spewing. So <sighs> fish are a funny pet to have indeed. <laughs> <laughs> you know that you're not supposed to pull the beers in into the fish tank. I was 12 years old, mate. The beers weren't going in. They weren't going in my mouth, so they had to go somewhere else. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. No, I think um, family's fantastic. Pets are fantastic. Um, I know you also love your sport. So, you're probably yep. pretty blessed at the moment with the, the teams that you support. So, I know you're a Liverpool fan in the EPL. Uh, you're a Celtic fan. And I haven't checked the score for the last 20 minutes because uh, I know game five of the Eastern Conference Finals is going on right now. But you are down 3-1 to Miami um, and a Collingwood supporter in the... And, and down in game five. Are you are down? Yeah, down 12 points at the moment. I just moved a piece of paper aside no, on my laptop to check it. And I'll Priorities, cover it back up. No, I understand. Um, <laughs> if my, my boys are any close to the Eastern Conference Finals, I'll be watching it as well. So, um, But Liverpool, EPL champions, uh, you obviously would have been pretty happy with that. 
yeah, absolutely. Thirty years of, of 30 seeing years no of success in the in the league yep. anyway. Yeah, plenty of success in Champions League, yep. um, FA Cup, and you know all, all types of competitions, and particularly the last couple of years. But yep. uh, in in the league, no success, and been so close. Twenty fourteen, um, and, and yeah, there were other years that were really really close to winning it. So yep. it was good to have it wrapped up almost prior to the lockdown um, in the UK. Yeah, of course. Um, have you made it to, is it Anfield, the home ground? Have you been there before? Unfortunately not. I haven't been uh, there yet. Definitely on my, definitely on my bucket list. I, I haven't been to yeah. Europe at all, so oh, it's on wow. my bucket list of yeah. things to do. Well, um, as a family, we... Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as a family, we actually started to get involved in Western United last year. Oh, uh, nice. The new yeah, club yeah, into yeah. the A-League. Yeah. So, yeah, Kylie's idea to, to go yeah. along to a game, which I was a little bit sceptical about, didn't think yeah. she'd enjoy it. Nice. Um, always hated soccer yep but um she really enjoyed it the kids enjoyed it we signed right. up for memberships nice. we we try to center our weekends around the games yeah so um yeah looking forward to the new stadium being built close mm. by and where we can mm. get there rather than having to drive down to geelong yeah, or ballarat yeah yeah no i think it's brilliant i've seen heaps of people um being in the western suburbs get around western united uh because exactly what you just said the expected um, stadium in Tarnate's just down the road it'd almost be silly not yeah. to support them so I think it'll be great for but, but they've also family. created this real family culture um, oh, yep. you, you actually feel really included so yeah loving it so far yeah, beautiful um, and yeah back to what I was going to say before uh, Europe definitely isn't the destination for a football umpire obviously the best times to get across to Europe are the middle of the year when it's our winter it's their summer yeah. uh, but you know we've all got aspirations of grand finals and even the years where you say you don't want to do a grand final and you might take a couple of weeks off as soon as it gets to September and you're watching everybody else train hard and be in the running for those big games. I think you definitely, uh, you rue the opportunity a little bit and the next year you come back yep. uh, better for it. So mate, hopefully you get there one year. Um, I know I've been to an NBA game, love the NBA myself and wasn't even for my team. I went to a New York versus Orlando magic game. So if you know your NBA, they haven't been At very the garden experience lately but yeah it was at the garden um so geez that was a brilliant ex experience and i can't wait to get back there and hopefully see a uh, a philadelphia game if ben simmons is still on them i'm definitely just going to be a ben simmons bandwagon uh, who's going to be trade him him or uh Embiid? well the rumors say on the Embiid, but um i think they'll stick with them for a couple more years i think it's silly to trade either of them before you try out a new coach first so fingers crossed yeah. this year's a little bit better and the rumor is mike d'antoni and we know that he loves shooting his threes so maybe simmons might develop a little bit of a, a left-handed jump shot we'll see uh, see how that works with his d'antoni's running gun game uh, with MB wanting to post up every Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a bit different. Oh, well, if you can ISO James Harden for 20 seconds of a 24-second shot clock, surely you can post up <laughs> MB every third possession. Um, so, yeah, sport's definitely huge. Would you say you have any kind of athletes or, or sports idols from just being a, a true sports fanatic? Yeah, definitely. Probably the two that stick out for me are Scotty Pendlebury. Nice. Um, yeah. bit, of a, bit of a man crush on Pendles. Oh. As um, do most of us, which is frustrating when not many people enjoy Collingwood. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other one is is Stevie Gerrard um, yep. from Liverpool. Yep, you know, went so many years captaining the club, boyhood, uh, boyhood uh, Liverpool um, uh, boy. Yep. Um, came through the ranks uh, and had success at so many levels, but just couldn't get over the line for yeah. uh, a league triumph, and and still has a really close link to to Liverpool, although he's coaching Rangers at the moment in Scotland. Oh, there you go. Didn't know that at all. 
Beautiful. So they, they, they're probably the two standouts for me. Uh, yep. If you want to go to the Celtics, uh, everybody thinks it's Larry Bird or something yep. like that. No. Yep. Uh, my one was actually Reggie Lewis, um, which for those Reggie that Lewis. don't know, yeah, Reggie Lewis only played four or five years before, unfortunately, he died of a heart attack yep. um, on court uh, in oh, wow. pre-season. Far out. He, uh, the, it, I still think he's the only guy that could, uh, could guard Michael Jordan. And oh, wow. in fact, blocked, blocked his shot four times in one game. Yep. And he dropped off a heart attack mid-game. So MJ has yeah. potentially, you know, not going to start any conspiracy theories, but if no one else <laughs> could guard him, and <laughs> maybe there was something yeah. there. Yeah, um, just one of those players that he was coming up through the ranks, he was just entering his prime when uh, unfortunately ended for him. Yep. And Scott Pendle, we just all class and has been for so many years and somehow will continue to be, you know, he's just broken uh, the Collingwood Games record. He's broken the Nathan Buckley's captaincy record. And I reckon he's we'll got two, three years in him. Um, it was really high level football because the benefit of being a bloke that when he picks up the football, that time just slows down around him because he just seems to never get caught. Um, he, he'll play many more years, no matter how his pace is. It's incredible. Um, it'll be interesting to see yeah. if he does change his role. Um, I know Matty Boyd, who was probably my, um, Western Bulldogs idol growing up. He's, you know, the Facebook passwords of when I was 10 to, to 15. Um, his change to half back towards the end of his career and to end up, you know, finishing with a premiership was, was fantastic for him. And yeah, yeah. really great player. Same, same Which will eventually happen with Pendles as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll push the half back, give us some quality disposal off, oh, off exactly. the back line. Good use. Yeah. Not that you need yeah. it at the moment. Your back line's beautiful. So maybe you can start working on the set shots and you can drop into the uh, half forward flank. Well, we'll see what, what we can do with him, but he's got a number of years ago, mate. Yeah, nice. I hope. So uh, another thing that we've been involved with together would be the Beyond Blue Challenge Cup. Um, so for those that don't know, this is the uh, umpires versus firefighters football match that we play the day after the Division One Grand Final. Um, so it's normally an excellent weekend. We have the conclusion of the WFL season. Um, we have a fantastic night back at the rooms. Um, and then we wake up early to go play a game of football in support of uh, mental health. So I know that you've been involved in the committee for a number of years. I jumped on last year, which was, was really fantastic. And um, I'd love to hear a little bit about why you continue to support that and why we continue as yep. the WRFL to support that? Oh, yeah, good question, Dean. And look, the, the game itself has been running for a number of years. Um, from when I first started umpiring, there, there used to be a game, umpires versus umpires. Yep. Um, it transitioned into a firefighters game, getting getting the involvement of the local Wyndham firefighters, uh, wherever you hoppers, Wyndham Vale, Trug, you know, wherever we can get players from to form a firefighters team. But a few years ago, Dimmer approached me and he said, look, how about we make this something bigger? Um, he's, he, and the reason for him wanting to do that was in the space of, I think it was 12 to 18 months, there was three firefighters, volunteer firefighters, or close family members of volunteer firefighters who had taken their own lives. Yep. Um, and he had a real passion for, you know, for the, for the mental health um, side of things. We thought, yeah, let's let's actually try to raise some awareness. That was our our main aim initially um, for mental health. Uh, and if we can raise some money at the same time, that would be fantastic. Yep. So we're only a couple of years into it, and we would be playing tomorrow. Uh, I think would have been the the, the time that we would have been playing the game and hopefully raising a few thousand dollars for for Beyond Blue. Um, I, I will admit, mental health 
it wasn't always a passion of mine. I think a number of years ago, I didn't understand it. Yep. Um, didn't know how to handle. Yep. Didn't know how to handle people that that had mental health issues, anxiety, depression. Yeah. I've learnt over the time more and more, and and I want to continue learning. I think yep. it's a continual learning oh, journey. Definitely, definitely. And and something that you you're always going to keep on learning about yep. and and helping out with. Yep. Um, I try to take a, a fairly front seat when it comes to work things. Yep. Um, in organising social events, um, when I was in leadership within financial planning, um, I had five years in leadership, and and one of the big things was, you know, just just interacting with the team, talking to them, and and doing what we can yeah. to try and ensure that their mental health is kept in in order. Yeah. So. It's it's a definite passion of mine, and I want to keep on building on it. Yeah, no, I definitely like what you said. It's it's such a continual experience of learning more and, and researching and understanding. Because I very much can say the same as you. It's it's an absolute cycle, mental health, and um, you know, through high school and, and through bullying, um, that's kind of where it starts, and then getting out into the real world and um, probably more, you know, adult level issues um, where career progression or family or money becomes really serious issues. I think um, as soon as I was given the option to jump on board with the, you guys and to hear Dimmer speak um, was particular touching. I remember he did a, a speech, uh, must have been in 2018, and there was not a dry eye in the entire um, group. Uh, it was very emotional to hear another guy be so vulnerable and be so honest because we've all had those experiences. We've all had mates that have, have taken their lives and it's something that you not necessarily sweep under the rug, but something we probably don't um, pay enough thought to until it's too late. Um, yeah. And so for you guys like yourself, guys like Dimmer to really be on the front foot um, and really be advocating that is, is huge and it's going to pay dividends um, in, in years to come. Oh. I think we've taken huge steps in, in umpiring over the years um, yep. to try and make people feel more inclusive, yep. um, be more inclusive. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if we go back a number of years, there used to be small cliques of groups. And, and, and look, there still is to an extent because yeah. people have friendships. Exactly, um, yeah. But we, we do a lot of work on trying to make people um, yep. feel included in the group. Yep. And, and that's really important because the, the high, high majority of mental health issues start with people before they turn the age of 25 yeah majority of majority of mental health issues so whether whether people get those yeah. exactly right yeah. whether those people actually get treatment mm. um or get professional help or support is another thing yeah. um a lot of people don't get the support that they need yeah and unfortunately it goes down a pathway that we don't want to head down yeah um one of my favorite quotes i think it's um a problem shared is a problem halved and i live by that um every single day just when i feel myself and you do feel those weeks where you you, you feel bogged down and, and everything starts to kind of start weighing really heavily on you and just the moment you tell um a best friend you tell a parent you tell a partner uh you tell whoever's there because it really doesn't matter who you tell it it's absolutely um, refreshing to kind of have that, that weight lifted and know that there's someone else there supporting you. So super, super important during these times, um, particularly in Melbourne. And hopefully we're towards the back end of a, of a pretty heavy lockdown and we can all get out and about and uh, connect soon. And uh, a huge reason of why I'm doing this podcast, just to help people connect with other people. Great idea. Love it. Beautiful. Uh, Ada, I think we have come to the end of the very first episode. I, 
have no more questions on my run sheet. Uh, is there anything else that you felt the need to add? Uh, I'm, I'm glad you probably didn't touch on a few areas and I'm, I'm not going to bring them up myself. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I really, really enjoyed the time, Dean. And, and um, thanks for having me on as your first guest. Um, I can see big things here and, and hopefully expand it out and, and uh, you know, wherever you need support as well, I'm happy to help you out. Yeah, very much appreciated. I definitely um, would love this to be a, a, a group thing. Um, I know I've done it for myself because I love talking to people and I, I love starting a conversation. Uh, but for those that might have better skills for editing, better skills for uh, hosting, definitely reach out because I'd, I'd love to make this um, a two-way conversation with a bunch of people. And I'd love for people to let me know who they want to hear from. So that's key. So maybe if people can drop a comment or, or drop a message of someone that they might want to hear from. I know there's a few that I already have in mind but um i want to get people from all aspects of umpire and i want to get people like ada with you know nearing 30 years experience i want to get somebody in their first year i want to get someone that quit three years ago i want to get a whole uh range of umpires i think it'd be really great for to hear from them so yeah fantastic Beautiful. ada i hope all is well mate and i hope to catch up with you soon mate excellent look forward to a, a cold beer with you mate absolutely <laughs>